Welcome to the 394th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. And you might hear a thunderstorm tonight because we're, we're starting to get a good one. So we're getting our rain down here. And guess what? The mangoes are getting ripe. They're getting big. So I picked 20 mangoes this week off the tree, trying to beat the squirrels. Um, they like to take a couple bites and just ruin it for me. So um, we're trying to share, but they weren't being very nice. So I, I picked a bunch of them that are a little underripe. Hopefully, hopefully they'll ripen inside. But it's really exciting. Uh, I've been going out with my backpack. We have some neighbors that lets us um, pick a few mangoes. So I'll bring my backpack and run up the road a couple miles, grab a few mangoes that are on the ground, come back so it makes for a good run. If you're looking to improve um, weight-bearing exercise for osteoporosis, a backpack can, with some weight can actually be, be really good. Um, even if you're just walking, but nothing better than having the weight of a mango in a backpack. So I use my running vest and uh, put the mangoes in the back so it makes for a fun run. I will tell you that you can see the difference that weight makes on running pace. So it's about 10 seconds a mile that I'll slow down once I get two or three big mangoes in the back of my vest. So if anybody's thinking about running a marathon and they want to improve their time without changing their training other than just taking a little weight off, you can improve your minute mile. I think I've heard that you can get about uh, two, three minutes off of marath a marathon with a pound of weight loss. So something to think about uh, before you get the, the next marathon or get training for it. Same thing goes for bike riding. When we used to do Ironman races, you see people buying the fancy pedals that just weigh a few hundred grams. And of course, the lightest bike around, the lighter, the more expensive. Yet, um, people eat a big pizza the night before the race or they're overweight when they're getting on their bike and they don't realize that that makes much more of an impact than, you know, a couple hundred grams in, in pedal weight. But that's kind of a theme of the podcast today. Um, because, I, you know, I wanted to do an introduction that, you know, I have a simple cure for heart disease, autoimmune disease, cancer, lifestyle diseases, obesity. Simple. All you have to do is follow these couple, couple little hints and you can reverse it immediately. Anybody in? But it's never that simple, is it? Uh, most people know what to do. It's, it's pulling it off that's, that's the issue. And I was listening to somebody else talk about something completely different. And they made the analogy, instead of just being told, do this and this, and you'll get this great outcome, which rarely ever works, right? Because there's, it's nothing in life is quite that simple. But to start to observe and use your observations to make improvements. And you can observe outward, and you can observe inward. And ultimately, to make changes for the better, you only, can, you only need to observe inward. So we can look around and see everything that's bad with the world and how restaurants put oil and butter in food and the junk food is on the aisles and the cereal aisles are a mile long and nobody wants to exercise and everybody's in your road and nobody wants to eat the way you do and nobody will invite you to dinner 
And it's hard to change people, and it's hard to change your spouse. But the reality of it is the only person that we really can change is ourself. And the only way we're going to make things a little bit better in this world for other people, and especially ourselves, is if we actually start right within the little circumference that's ourselves. People pay quite a bit of money for wearable devices that are touted as making you be able to sleep better, knowing what your glucose is. I even saw one today that allows you to inhale into this device and it tells you how much carbon dioxide you're exhaling. So it tells you how much fat and carbon dioxide you're burning right at that point. And you can transmit that, I'm sure, for a fee, and you will be given, you'll be told what you need to eat and the recipe to make that meal for the day. There are wearable devices that you can know your glucose and download it and see your glucose every minute of the day. Of course, you can look at your respirations, your heart rate, your steps, all these different things, uh, your sleep pattern, your deep sleep, how much you were awake, how much you had REM sleep. But unless you do something with the data, it doesn't really matter that much. And again, the observation, if you um, send the device in or send the data to somebody else and they tell you what to do, then again, we're not really learning much from the observations on how to actually take care of ourselves. Frankly, they, you know, none of the devices are you know, magic cures to the problem. It's observing most of the time what we already know. Most of the time when people wear a device to see how much they've slept, they're not sleeping very well. Most of the time when people are looking at their glucose, they don't really look at it until you know, way in the rear um, a couple days later and see that it wasn't very good, but don't really do anything about it. Doesn't really matter how much carbohydrate and fat you're burning if you overeat calories. It doesn't matter what form you take it in, you're still going to burn. You're still going to put more calories on and, you're, and it'll turn into fat. So, again, it comes back to observing yourself and enjoying the journey of it. I listened to a podcast this week about movement. And, you know, I was waiting to hear the best movement or which joints we should move or a practice that we were moving. Yet this movement guru um, really talked about just the joy of movement and experimenting with yourself and how you move. So it could be a dynamic movement of dance or even the movement of sight and vision and hearing um, how we tilt our heads, how we look at other people, our response to other people's touch, um, movement across the ground in all different ways and all different kinds of activities. So it doesn't have to be going to a gym and doing a specific leg press for 15 reps or going for so many of, you know, laps of whatever, um, True movement can happen in any variety, uh, in, in any walk of life, and um, doing any, during any activity. So I took that to heart, and, you know, when I was doing my outside gardening and weeding, you know, I, I looked at different ways that I could move uh, my hips, squat, lunge, crawl, push-up, 
there's a, a variety of different things that I could do just while accomplishing weeding. So I would encourage you to, to look into some, some of those things. Um, there was a study, you know, um, and I've alluded to previous studies of people, the sitting time. Uh, but, but there was a, a most recent study that looked at how long people sat and their overall uh, outcome. And the reality of it is sitting greater than eight hours a day versus four hours a day. People that sat four hours a day did had a much better outcome when it came to cardiovascular events and overall mortality. But what does it mean to sit eight hours a day or sit less than eight hours and four hours a day? Does couch time account? You know, and how, how do people actually observe what you're really doing as far as, you know, you're sitting? You can say you're at your job and people say, well, I'm up and down all day long. Are you really? How long are you really sitting? Car time, couch time, breakfast time, lunch time, dinner time. Are you moving with purpose or just shuffling at a walking desk? Is standing just at a desk equal to, you know, moving? Um, so, again, observing what you get out of particular behaviors uh, and, and making the most out of a particular behavior. I, I like to uh, follow some of the things I've alluded to Katie Bowman in the past. So take a time out at my desk and do some squats, do some lunges, do some stretches throughout the day. I take a lunch break. Um, I, I think it's the best thing that uh, I ever started doing. I come home and I walk in the yard. I throw the ball to the dog. Um, you know, I do some movement while I'm making my lunch. When I'm cleaning up, you know, I try to do different movements to, to, to get the, to maximize the range of motion of my joints when I'm, when I'm doing things rather than have a specific um, thing that I have to do and the pressure of having to do a certain amount of things every day. There was another study published that looked at thigh muscle fat and the development of heart failure. Usually we associate um, abdominal obesity obesity around the abdomen, around the organs, people that are apple-shaped more than pear-shaped as an increased risk for metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is diabetes, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, hypertension, uh, glucose intolerance, if I didn't say that. Um, and it's, again, a more associated with fat around the organs. And we used to think that not so, bad, so, not so much if people were pear-shaped had more uh, of their fat in their hips and their arms, so to speak. But this study looked at the um, intramuscular fat around the thighs and the risk of developing heart failure. And uh, again, it was associated with um, an increased risk of, of heart disease even when accounting for total body mass index uh, and other cardiovascular risk factors. And, you know, it's, it's a form of marbling. So, and I, and I think, you know, my observation of this, people used to be, you know, you could sit in the mall and say, that person's built like an apple, that person's built like a pear, um, that family stores their weight in the middle, that family stores their weight in the hips. But it's not that, it's not really that so anymore because people um, have become so overweight that they're not only storing fat in a genetic disposition, but they're, they're putting it anywhere their body can handle it. And now it's even in the muscle itself. 
And if you've, you know, if you think about it, um, you know, before, I assume anybody that's listening to this podcast doesn't really eat meat, but, you know, the, the most marbled portions of meat tend to be the most tender and the most juicy because of the fat, and people are attracted to those. And the way that an animal is fattened up, so to speak, is to be given excessive amounts of food and grain and corn with little activity as opposed to you know, a deer or something that ran wild and, you know, ate grasses and ate naturally. So you think about that with humans, you know, so an animal is fattened up, so to speak, uh, by giving this high caloric uh, diet in excess of what it needs. And we're doing that to ourselves as, as humans. Um, and to the point where it's actually burdening the heart and causing heart failure. And, I, and of course, I, I went back to the cow and I wondered, you know, Obviously, cows are sent to slaughter early on, but with the, you know, it's it's such a horrible life for a, a, a meat cow or a beef cow to be raised on a factory farm and in a you know standing in dirt, not having grass, and being in the hot sun, and just you know eating all day long these unnatural foods, and being all cramped in together, and then going to slaughter. But what happens if they were rescued? You know, would, would these cows actually have metabolic diseases? You know, we've given our animals, our domesticated cats and dogs, diabetes. And, you know, did, did we really give, are we really giving cows metabolic disease? And in the way we feed our animals that people eat the standard American diet, is that actually responsible for some of the increased metabolic disease that we're seeing at a young age? Because we're actually, um, you know, they're actually being exposed to animals that are already sick. I don't know something to think about. But again, it's, uh, it's a reason to be plant-based and to watch your total energy in because the, you know, energy is ultimately stored as fat, whether it's too much energy in the form of carbohydrate, fat, or protein. Fat is our storage. We don't store as muscle, we store as fat. Uh, and if we want our muscles to work, they can't be clogged up with, with fat. There was another article that I read that looks at when breast cancer spreads, um, when, what time of day do our cells, our cancer cells, more metabolically active and more likely to metastasize? Um, and the reality of it is, is when people sleep, the cancer seems to be much more active than when they're awake. And what the people in, in, in this article that was published in Nature magazine really um, attributed this to was abnormal circadian rhythms um, and increased glucocorticoids in the form of, you know, cortisol, um, abnormal circadian rhythms in the form of decreased melatonin. Um, we know that melatonin uh, not only helps with circadian rhythm, but also is a potent antioxidant. So when people aren't sleeping well, and their sleep patterns are disturbed and their circadian rhythms disturbed and they have decreased melatonin production, perhaps, you know, all of that is um, um, giving cancer time to accelerate. So yet another reason um, to, you know, and another thing that we can do uh, is to look at um, our sleep hygiene um, the light. We know that melatonin is much reflected by light, especially blue light. So computer screens, TVs, right before we go to bed, or using a uh, you know a blue screen 
while you're reading in bed before disrupts melatonin production, light in the room, turning the light on at night decreases melatonin production. And as we age, melatonin production decreases. So uh, there might be something said for a supplement of melatonin if you're in the um, above categories, so to speak. Uh, can hurt, might help, don't know. Um, you know, obviously a lot more research needs to be done. The other thing that I learned this week happened at the Circle K. Um, I was getting gas. Um, our local, you know, people, whatever the, you know, where you ever get you gas, but the gas place that I was is called the Circle K. And at the pump, they have um, the infomercials going on. And the two infomercials that I saw that were appalling to the point where I wanted to scream to my next, you know, next pump over neighbor was... Um, I didn't know anything about nicotine patches, or not patches, I'm sorry, nicotine pouches. Um, there's actually these little pouches that you can put between your cheek and gum and it releases nicotine. So you don't have to spit if you chew tobacco or you rub snuff, and that's what we used to call it in, in West Virginia. Some people say dipping, but uh, it was rubbing snuff when I was in West Virginia. Uh, we know that um, tobacco causes mouth cancer, and I assume that that's, um, these little pouches are probably advertised even more that you don't have to worry about spitting and it's not as dirty. But, um, you know, I'm sure that they're, you know, you can blame the tobacco as, you know, or you could justify that maybe just the straight nicotine is not going to be as harmful as the, the tobacco itself with the, with the byproduct. Funny part about it is that tobacco is actually a leaf so that if anything was good, that probably was the leaf part, not the nicotine part. But um, anyway, you know, I, I thought that, that was just, um, you know, the fact that here we are in 2022, and I don't think there's anybody, I didn't think there's anybody on earth that didn't realize that nicotine is a carcinogen, that you would put something in your mouth that you're going to directly absorb a chemical in your mouth that can cause, that will, and can and will cause cancer, inflammation, in, you know, all kinds of problems. Um, and you can do that and justify it because it's a little pouch that you don't have to spit with. It just blew my mind. The other thing that I saw while I was pumping gas, I have a, you know, I pumped a fair amount of gas that morning, um, was a tortilla made into a pie. And so they were very impressed with this tortilla that they took and they put fruit but then they put um, butter and sugar on the fruit. They put peanut butter and then some other kind of, you know, nuts or whipped cream on that. And then they put another chunk of something. Then they folded the tortilla, like you've seen people probably make these tortillas and you put them on a griddle. They folded this thing all up and then they put butter and an egg wash on top of it and baked it. And it was a great, great surprise. And again, I just about lost my mind thinking that, you know, the, this infomercial was it's like this do-it-yourself pie and how great of a hack this was that you could make a pie without having to make a pie crust and had all these great fillings. And of course, there were, you know, two little tablespoons of fruit in one corner, so that made it healthy. And of course, there was peanut butter, and people think that that's going to be healthy. Uh, with all the sugar and palm oil added to it. And they, you know, folded this thing up and fried it with egg wash and butter. And then you wonder where the skeletal muscle obesity comes from, where the skeletal muscle fat. We, it, it just never ceases to amaze me how we complicate things to make our lives more difficult.
The last one that I saw was a post on how great it is that Lucky Charms now makes the marshmallows in packets for kids instead of having to pick through the cereal to get the marshmallows. So each little packet has 120 calories and they contain about three-fourths of a cup of these marshmallows that are a combination of corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, uh, um, sugar, and a couple various dyes that children can have as a snack. No one made any comment on why would you give your kid a sugary snack with absolutely no nutritional value or fiber or anything else. It was, oh, how cool is this? They don't have to pack through the box of cereal that is genetically modified grain of some sorts with sugar on top to get to the marshmallows that are 100% sugar. How in the world might we fix these things? It starts at home. It starts with, you know, what can I do to reverse my heart disease, my joint pain, lose weight, keep my kids from getting sick, improve my immune function? What can I possibly take? What supplement out there? What powder can I put into something that I can eat while moving, driving, watching TV, and I don't have to, it doesn't take any time. It doesn't exist. But what does exist is fruits, vegetables. And if you just stop right there, uh, everything would be great. Add some potatoes and grains if you like. Um, add some beans. Keep it simple. We don't have to make things that look like the bad things that we had before. And, you know, this is the 4th of July weekend coming, and, you know, we have been known to make some seitan ribs or some, some uh, burgers so that you can participate in cookout with the neighbors. And I encourage you to do that if you're going to a party, is to make seitan ribs and make, make the best dish that you possibly can. So you can make a pretend burger out of beets. Uh, they might chastise you a little bit, but we like beet burgers. We like jackfruit burgers. We like regular old bean burgers. Um, I like crab cake burgers with artichoke hearts and, heart, and uh, hearts of palm. Those are all potentials. I like carrot dogs. Uh, marinate those. Those are easy to take. Put the fixings on. Um, we make a great pasta salad or a potato salad. It can be made very healthy and plant-based without any ad added oil. It won't hurt you. You know, a giant fruit salad. We are in the fruit season. So watermelon, cantaloupe, pineapple, strawberries, blackberries, raspberries, mangoes, papaya, dragon fruit. Make the big fruit bowl. Make it into a shape. You know, um, show your plant-based colors by... Not being, oh, I can't eat your stuff, I have to eat my stuff, oh, I just eat vegetables. But no, look what I have and look how great I feel. A giant, you know, make sure you're getting that six cups of greens a day. Make sure everything has plenty of color. And get up and move. Make your holiday weekend around movement, not sitting eating. If you go to the beach, you know, there's, it always drives me crazy when people go to the beach and they just bring these coolers on coolers on coolers of all this junk food. Make it about volleyball, badminton, swimming, softball, baseball, tossing a ball, tossing a frisbee. Make it about that with your family and have healthy foods 
for afterwards, but not only about the foods. We do have a choice. You're never going to be the same after a bypass as you were before. Your hips will never move the same as they did before you had the hip replacement or the knee replacement or the shoulder replacement. That wasn't the indication. If you ask the surgeon, the surgeon is to decrease pain. So it's a quick way to get you out of pain, but it's not a quick way to get you mobile. So there's no better time to get healthy than before you get sick and to aim, aim to take control of your health early on. Once someone has dementia, it's very difficult for them to change their diet. Uh, taste buds change. People just want comfort foods. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to reverse, reverse those things once they get ahead of you. Get sunshine. I hope that you have a beautiful, sunny 4th of July weekend. Avoid the chemical-containing sunscreens. They have never been shown to prevent melanoma. The best thing you can do to prevent melanoma or skin cancers is to be healthy, eat healthy, have a good immune system, eating vitamin C, so in the form of watermelon or all those other fruits that we talked about, tomatoes, peppers, will decrease your risk of getting a sunburn. Vitamin D also works on your... Um, skin to produce melanocytes, and melanocytes are actually protective. Your eyes are actually very important, so getting sun actually in your eyes is a good thing. It won't increase your risk of cataracts. Again, a healthy body, nothing happens in a vacuum. We don't get cancer because of sun. We don't get cancer because of gene or a, a mutation. We don't get cancer because of one thing. It's a multifactorial. We don't get heart disease because of one thing. It's multifactorial. So, if we look at the body as a whole, Colin Campbell wrote a book about whole and not just little isolated things, we can do the same thing that makes ourselves healthy from a point of skin cancer, heart disease, diabetes, getting exercise, moving our body, eating a whole food plant-based diet will go a long way to making us healthy and we don't have to fear isolated things that are out of our control, such as a chromosome fracture or um, you know, uh, other environmental things that we may not see coming. We can't control our neighbor and what they put on their yard, but we can control if we go in the neighbor's yard, but we also can control what our immune system is like. So start your health journey with yourself. Be, an ex be a good example to others this weekend. Be kind, be courteous, and bring something great and healthy to share with others at the picnic that you may be going to. Fireworks are very dangerous, both for ourselves and to our animals. Uh, the decibel level of fireworks uh, is really hard on our, our, pet, our, our pets. Um, so I'd encourage you, if you want to see fireworks, go to some place where they are. Leave your dogs in a safe place, cats in a safe place. Um, be courteous to your neighbor uh, and their animals as well. We have a great newsletter for the 4th of July with some of our favorite recipes. So I'll put a link to that um, on, on the show notes. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter at no cost uh, where we tell you what's going on in the practice. There's always a recipe, uh, some helpful tips. Um, you can go to drdelaney.com to sign up for that. It's D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y.com. You can email me, Jamie, at drdelaney for, with questions. 
Uh, love to hear from you. I'd also like to hear uh, a little poll. You know, I go back and forth, nutrition, exercise, mobility, running. I'd like to know what you'd like to hear more of. Uh, I'd like to direct that to my um, big listeners, uh, dedicated fans, so to speak. Um, so, so drop me an email and tell me what, what you'd like to hear more about. Uh, I'd like to direct uh, future podcasts towards that. Uh, share the podcast with your friends. Give me a nice rating on iTunes. I'd like to get this out to as many people as I can. If you have an interest in training with us, eating with us, learning how our practice operates, um, our practice goal is to get you off your medications and to make you the healthiest person that you can be to achieve goals of, of, of wellness and um, to be healthy into a ripe old blue zone age. So you can, you can actually find information at drdelaney.com on how you might join our practice. You can always call our office, and that is 941-235-9231, and set up a complimentary appointment with me to learn about the practice. Uh, we'd love to, to help you. It doesn't matter where you are. We do uh, calls via Zoom uh, and telephone calls, so it doesn't uh, matter your time zone. We, we work things out. We have a full-time registered dietitian. Uh, we do a multifaceted approach to try to get people healthy. So we'd love to make you part of our practice. We'd love to run with you, train with you, hear about your adventures. Thank you as always for listening and be safe this 4th of July. Go USA. Happy birthday, America. <laughs>